Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Carmelo. We talk all things sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to send out a congratulations to my NFC East rival, the New York Football Giants, and more specifically, Mr. Odell Beckham, for being the fastest player ever in the history of football in the Super Bowl era to achieve 5,000 receiving yards. It's truly a high honor, uh, and, and especially for a, a a freak of an athlete like Odell Beckham. And anyone who knows Odell Beckham knows that Odell, he is, he is just, he's a freak of an athlete. He really is. So Odell, I, I just want to commend you. I want to commend you for what you have achieved, but Odell, I also want to say that I, that I'm truly sorry because you are on a sorry, a sorry football team. Your New York Football Giants are one in six. You're in last place in the division, and you got a quarterback who is wasting your time in your prime. He really is. Now, granted, Odell, you had eight catches for 143 yards. And a touchdown last night. But that touchdown came very late. It came very late in the game. So, honestly, I I don't understand what, what is going on. And I also want to congratulate Saquon Barkley for scoring another touchdown last night. But Saquon, you only had 14 carries for 43 yards. So, really, it, it, it's like the whole thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I, I guess I can say the same thing for the Giants. If Ezekiel gets going, then the Cowboys offense gets going. And I guess the same maybe can be said about the Giants. If Saquon gets going, then the Giants possibly could get going. But I mean, Odell, I, I, I really, I want to congratulate you, but I, I also feel bad for you because I know you want to win a championship, but I, I can just say right now, brother, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with the Giants. I, I know the Giants are not going to do this, especially because they just paid Odell to be the highest receiver ever. But if I was the Giants, I would maybe look around, or if, even if I was Odell or Odell's Beckham's agent, I would try to look around for a possible trade situation because right now it's it's not looking very pretty for for the Giants. It, it seems like the Giants. I mean, I don't think anyone ever expected the Giants to do anything, but this is not the way you want to handle. A receiver that you paid so much money for during the offseason and that whole uh, holdout situation. And here we are sitting, looking at the New York football giants, one in six. Odell has relatively been quiet this year. And I know he's frustrated. I know he has to be frustrated because I guarantee you, if I was to go up and ask him, or if anyone else was to go up and ask him, Odell, do you want to stay in New York your whole career? If I was Odell, I would say, hell no. I don't want to stay in New York because there's nobody to build around. The New York Giants do not have an offensive line. Even when they went and got Nate Soldier from the New England Patriots offensive line, their offensive line is still terrible. And I think the NFL world is starting to realize I just don't think he's starting to realize. But when you see a man like Eli, 
Eli Manning, who once was good in his prime. Eli is way past his prime. And I think we can all agree with that. The Giants are most likely, I think, really what the the, the ideal thing the Giants should do. And I think they really, you know, on it, obviously they're, 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 they're trying to play for some wins. Okay. But obviously, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs because you're already one in six. You should just realize, Giants and Giants fans out there, you should just realize that you just basically should just tank the season, just lose the rest of the season, go into next year's draft and draft a quarterback, draft somebody to replace Eli Manning under the realm because Eli Manning is just washed up. Now, granted, Eli Manning last night threw for his best game of the season. He threw for 399 yards. He had a 71.1 quarterback rating, which is the best he has done so far this season. And and granted, he played against one of the second-to-last worst defenses in the league. But honestly, and, and and I wish I could have mentioned this beforehand, but you look at the NFC East, the offenses in that division are not e- not even good. The Phillies, the Eagles, the, I'm sorry, the Philly, the the Eagles, the Redskins, the Cowboys and the Giants, they are in the like the mid 20s as far as scoring offense in the NFC East. And speaking of the NFC East. I also want to congratulate the Washington Redskins for their 20 to 17 victory Sunday over the Dallas Cowgirls. Very it was a very huge win. Obviously, it was a battle for first place because the Eagles could not hold a 17-point lead, a 17 to 0 lead over the Carolina Panthers and Carolina scored 21 straight. On the defending Super Bowl champions, the Eagles. Now, granted, if I had to look at who's the best quarterback in the division right now, I will have to agree with what a lot of people are saying. I would have to agree that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback in the division because Dak Prescott is a little too inconsistent because if I'm Dallas, you can't expect to rely on on Dak throwing the ball nonstop, especially if Ezekiel Elliott gets stopped, especially like he did on Sunday. He had 15 carries for 33 yards. I am very impressed, and I don't know about you guys, but I am very impressed with the way Washington's run defense has stepped up this year with the likes of Jonathan Allen, uh, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, you got two guys from the University of Alabama because it always seems like Nick Saban is going to get like three, four, five uh, draft picks, uh, three, four, five guys from college going into the NFL and succeeding. And then you got Matt, Matt Ioannidis from the University of Temple, a guy who made his presence a little known last year, but he's kind of made a, a leadership role, so to speak, on the defensive line. And, and I was very impressed with with the Washington Redskins' run defense because going into the halftime of that game Sunday, it was tied 7-7. Seven to seven. But the Redskins held Ezekiel Elliott to his second lowest rushing half of his career. Obviously, the first one he suffered was against the, uh, was against the Denver Broncos in last year's meeting between Denver and Dallas out at mile high. But really, you look at the the whole NFC East picture, the inconsistency of of Alex Smith, because everyone knows Alex Smith is also known as Checkdown Alex because he tries to limit the mistakes. And granted, you look at Sunday's game between Washington and Dallas, Dak Prescott had two fumbles. One, it looked like, was just taken away from him by DJ Swearinger, who I absolutely love on the defensive side of the ball. I absolutely love DJ Swearinger on Washington secondary and just on defense in general because he is a very good leadership persona 
type of player. He is a very good, it seems like he's a motivational type guy. Especially when, when the whole, you got the, almost the whole team surrounding him. He, he's a very good, he's a, well, he's a well-rounded speaker. And I do love DJ Swearinger on the Redskins defense. And I think that was a phenomenal pickup that Washington did by picking him up from Arizona. And speaking of Arizona, Patrick Peterson has stated that he wants out. The seven-time Pro Bowler says he wants out of Arizona. Does that come really as a shock to you guys? It doesn't really come as a shock to me because Arizona is definitely in a rebuilding stage. Arizona is not really going to do much this year. I don't expect Arizona to even win seven games. They might win maybe at most. They might win four, maybe five. But I don't expect Arizona to do a whole lot this year, especially they got they they I don't want to say they threw in Josh Rosen, but basically Josh Rosen, uh, Josh Rosen was a last, sort of like just a last option of hope for the Arizona Cardinals season because you started out the season so poorly and you're now one and five. So really the Cardinals and, and new head coach Steve Wilkes, I, I got to, you know, it has to be hard because it seems like a lot of the new coaches this year are not living up to the expectations. I mean, you got John Gruden out in Oakland in his second tenure, that is one and five. You got Pat Shermer down in New York, that is one and six. Steve Wilkes down in Arizona is one and five. And Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator, for the New England Patriots down in Detroit, he is three and four. So you know, really, it's it's really been a tough go for all of the the new coaches. Really, it seems like Matt Patricia is having the only sort of success right now. And granted, Detroit is sitting at three and four. But back to but back to what I was saying about the NFC East quarterbacks. If I had to agree with something. Uh, with what analysts and, and former players are saying, Carson Wentz is probably still the best quarterback in that division because, granted, he finished the game 30 of 37 in that loss Sunday to Carolina, but he looks like more of the consistent quarterback because with Eli, Eli has no offensive line help. Right now, Dak, Dak has no receivers because Terrence Williams recently just got suspended three games. And Tavion Austin hurt his groin in week six in the week six matchup in that blowout when they had against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you look at Alex Smith, he right now he didn't really have any receivers either on Sunday because we were out. Uh, my Washington Redskins were without Jamison Crowder, who is a very good slot receiver for us. They were out the speedster that we picked up from Seattle and Paul Richardson Jr. So really, it, it's like the injury bug. And I, and I hate seeing this every year as a fan of the Redskins and as a fan of the game. It seems like the injury bug takes a lot of players away real quick. I mean, you look at Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch, is he went to the IR yesterday. So his chances of returning, the best time frame they can have him return is, is December 24th. So basically the whole season would basically just almost be completely be almost done with. And really for Marshawn Lynch, he probably says, you know what? I understand my Raiders. They're not going to do anything. They suck. He knows that he wasn't even having a good year, really, to say the least. So I, I honestly, I would feel bad for anyone that has Marshawn Lynch in a fantasy league. I was considering getting Marshawn Lynch. And my friend Matthew asked me from the Man Isaiah show, uh, back when I was a guest on their podcast a couple months back, he asked me, he said, Carl, why do you not have the Raiders making the playoffs? And I said, simply the lack of talent. And you can see why. Because John Gruden is basically making it his way or the highway. Because you got rid of the best defensive player that Oakland has had in many years in Khalil Mack. You traded him away to Chicago. And he's making Chicago's defense a lot better. You basically have no defensive players. 
John Gruden has stated that he is going to trade away a lot of players. There was talks and there was rumors that Derek Carr was going to possibly look being looked at by the New York Giants ahead of the October the end of October trade line trade deadline. And then in yesterday's shocking news, and I know Matthew has to feel happy about this. In yesterday's shocking news, which I didn't really see it as a a a shocker because there was talks that he was going to land up there, but Amari Cooper got traded to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday for a first round pick. So Oakland better use that first round pick very wisely. But right now it's it's looking kind of iffy right now for for Oakland. It really is because you traded away your best receiver and he is still young. He can still play in his prime. So there's no telling what to expect. No telling. The Jacksonville Jaguars just said yesterday they are going to go with Blake Bortles, but on a short leash in their game Sunday in London against the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, they have no run game right now. Jay Ajayi is out. They got a lot of small running uh, running backs. So I think that's kind of what is hurting the Eagles. Uh, that's why they're at that 3-4 and four record right now. So look out for that because all of last year, Philly finished 13-3. and three. Now they're 3-4. and four. So that's something to watch out for. Tonight is game one of the... Of the MLB World Series as the Los Angeles Dodgers take on the Boston Red Sox. Game 1 is tonight, 7.30 Eastern Time on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Right now, the Los Angeles Lakers finished last night's overtime loss to the San Antonio Spurs, 143-142. to there have been a lot of high-scoring games so far this year, and it's been early on. But the LeBron LA show is not getting off to a good start as the Lakers are now 0-3. So that is something to watch out for. The Lakers take on my Phoenix Suns tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern. I'm hoping that game is televised because I really want to see what my Phoenix Suns will do against that young Lakers team. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Let's Talk Sports Podcast today. My name is Carl Mailer, and as always, this is where we talk all things sports. Welcome, everybody, to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Carl Mailer. We talk all things sports. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been over a month and a half since I last broadcasted to you. And I'm sorry about not broadcasting an episode recently. I've just been very busy with a lot of personal stuff. Not issues, just a lot of personal stuff going on. But what a lot to talk about since a month and a half. Um, when I first did the NFL preseason predictions on who I think would make the playoffs, I told you guys in the AFC, the AFC was kind of murky, it, it, it looked like. It looked like that was going to be some given as far as the teams making the playoffs. And I'm telling you guys right now, I did not expect the Kansas City Chiefs to be where they are at, at 11-2, with Patrick Mahomes leading the way with 43 touchdowns on the season. And, and it kind of surprises me with Patrick Mahomes because you would think that a lot of these teams, a lot of the defenses, the coordinators, uh, with the film and all that, I'm really surprised that nobody has really been able to pick up on Mahomes' game because you got to remember he came in late last year for Alex Smith when Alex Smith was still with Kansas City, and now he's his first full year as a starter, and he has the Chiefs at 11 and two, and it sucks because I think the Chiefs' offense would have been put up more points yesterday against the Ravens. The Chiefs eventually won that game 27-24 in overtime. But if anyone did not see what happened about a week or so ago, 
Kareem Hunt was released by the Kansas City Chiefs after a video surfaced of Kareem Hunt allegedly kicking a female. This was first reported by TMZ after the incident supposedly happened back in February of this year. And here's the thing, uh, because a lot there's there has been a lot of criticism uh, lately by the NFL, by the fans, because of stuff that like this has happened to two players. Uh, anyone that knows the 49ers knows that ex-teammate Ruben Foster was cut by the 49ers a couple weeks ago. And then my Washington Redskins, who I will get to in a couple minutes, claimed him off of waivers. And then shortly after, Roger Goodell put him on the commissioner exempt list, which excludes him from playing in the games, attending any team activities such as meetings or anything like that. And he can't be near he can't be near the team. The only thing he is allowed to do if the team lets him is work out with the team at the team facility. And there was a picture posted by Ruskin's running back Darius Geis, who is also recovering from injury from a torn ACL he suffered in the preseason game against New England. I will say this. If Darius Geis didn't have a chance at Rookie of the Year, because I believe Saquon, Saquon Barkley has definitely put a stamp on Rookie of the Year for, for himself. Saquon Barkley clearly is the best player from this past year's draft. He clearly was the answer the Giants needed for an offensive spark. And I still don't I still don't like the Giants offensive line. And even though the Giants, after being one and six at one point this year, they have just blown to five and eight after yesterday's beatdown of my Washington Redskins 40 to 16, which I will still again get into that here in a couple minutes. But I believe Darius guys ha- could have had a chance. And there was a picture posted. Darius guys had posted two pictures. Darius guys looked really, really big. Like he was big looking as far as muscle mass wise when he was going into the preseason. But Darius guys looks like he is just mad and he wants revenge because he wasn't able to play out this year. Which led to the Reskins signing Adrian Peterson to the roster. So it, it, it's it's mind-boggling to think everything that has happened so far this season because I mean Le'Veon Bell not playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers fell yesterday to the worst team in the NFL, one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Oakland Raiders, 27-24, after their kicker, Chris Boswell, slipped on a potential game-tying field goal that would have sent the game into overtime. And the he still got the ball in the air, but the ball was still blocked. So uh, that kind of hurts the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you look at the division in the NFC, in the AFC North, there's really no good teams in that, in that, uh, there's really no, except for the Steelers and the Ravens, those are the only two good teams. The Bengals, they got hit by the injury bug on the offensive side with Andy Dalton out for the rest of the year. AJ Green has been battling injuries the last couple seasons. He went on the IR. So the Bengals got to find that offense without those two on the offensive side. The Cleveland Browns knocked off the Carolina Panthers yesterday, sending Carolina to their fifth straight loss. Carolina started the season 6-2. and two, And during that time span, Carolina was averaging 27.5 points per game. And ever since they went on that four, now five-game losing streak, Carolina has averaged less than 20 points a game. Now, they did score 20 points yesterday to Cleveland, and I watched a little bit of that game yesterday because the game was broadcasted live on TV on Fox. And I will say this, Baker Mayfield 
I think is going to be a big, big piece for Cleveland going forward in the future. I And like I said uh, many months ago, I did not expect when Cleveland took Baker Mayfield in the draft, I did not expect Cleveland to, to be a playoff contender team. But basically, you look at Cleveland. Cleveland is like some of these other teams in the NFL. They can be a spoiler for uh, these teams that have a better record than most of the teams. And Cleveland, I believe, and I'm just saying this, I believe Cleveland played spoiler for Carolina in their hopes of making the playoff as a wild card team. Because if you look at the NFC standings right now, as far as the, the playoff picture, Atlanta and the Rams got their divisions clinched. Chicago surprising a lot of people. They won last night 15-6 over the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff threw a career-high four interceptions. They held Todd Gurley to 28 yards on 11 carries. And Chicago's defense is the real deal. Chicago's defense, I believe, can stop anybody. And I'm saying that in a, in a way that I, I, I'm serious in, in a way, but I don't know if how well that can get them. But Chicago is now 9-4. and four. Chicago has basically eliminated Green Bay from having any chance of winning the division. And tonight, Minnesota travels up to Seattle, who at one point, it looked like Seattle was not even going to be in contention for a playoff spot. And now Seattle's in at 7-5. and five. And if you're a team like Washington, Washington needs Seattle to beat Minnesota because right at now as it stands, Seattle and Minnesota both hold the two wildcard spots. Seattle needs to beat Minnesota tonight. Minnesota would fall to 6-6-1. Six, six and one. And I still think that the ties that happened earlier in the season hurt hurt some teams. You got to think, if, if Cleveland did not have that tie against Pittsburgh in week one, Cleveland right now could be sitting at 6-7. and seven. And if Minnesota didn't have that tie against Green Bay, Minnesota would be sitting at most likely seven and six. So, or six and six, I should say. So, in reality, th- this game right here is big for I think Washington's playoff chances. I and and I don't want to take anything away. From what Minnesota has done this year, especially with Adam Thielen, who is obviously a Pro Bowl player, who obviously I believe is going to be a big piece to Kirk Cousins' success in Minnesota. And here's a here's a hometown guy in Adam Thielen who went to the University of Minnesota, went undrafted. Minnesota picked him up, and look at that. I think Kirk Cousins has got a better offensive weapon choices than what he did in Washington because you got Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. So Kirk Cousins has got the weapons. But I need Seattle to pull out a victory tonight at home against the Minnesota Vikings. I know it's going to be tough because Minnesota has a top 10 defense, but I'm going to need Minnesota tonight to pull out a loss. I just need Minnesota to pull out a loss. Cuz it's going to be tough. That game's going to be fun to watch, but it's going to be tough for Minnesota. I think Minnesota knows that. And, and who knows, this could be a close competitive game. But I'm just saying I don't know what's going to happen, but I need Minnesota to pull out a loss tonight and I need Seattle to pull out a W for any chance that Washington has at a wild card spot. Because speaking of Washington, if you look at the NFC East, not a number of weeks ago, Washington was leading the division by two games at six and three. 
And then what happens? Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry, Alex Smith goes down with a gruesome leg injury. And there are there's been reports. I don't know if any of you have seen this on social media or the or ESPN or the NFL network, but there have been multiple reports that Alex Smith's career could be in jeopardy because he has had nearly a half dozen surgeries to fix to to take out an infection that set in after the doctors put in a metal rod to stabilize his leg. And anyone who did not see what had happened, I, I didn't really see the injury up close until I we until I rewatched the video. And if you have a sick stomach, do not watch it. I don't really have a sick stomach, but the injury was gruesome. It kind of reminded me of when Lawrence Taylor broke Joe Theismann's leg. When Houston took on Washington in that game, it was 30 years ago to that day that Joe Theismann broke his leg. And Alex Smith suffered a broken fibula and tibula. Two different two different bones. It, it was gruesome to watch. But Ian Rappaport, Adam Scheffner, all the main guys that work for the NFL said that Alex Smith's career is most likely in jeopardy. His 2019 season is up in the air. Alex Smith will most likely not be ready for week one. And then you look at what happened on Thanksgiving against... I'm sorry. You look at what happened in Monday night's game against Philly to Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy fractured his fibula. They said his season was over. But then there, I was I was reading something that said that Colt McCoy, if Washington was to make the playoffs, could return in time for the playoffs. Because anyone knows that once Colt McCoy went down, you look at the options. We had Mark Sanchez. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to say there is a reason why, and especially this happened in yesterday's game against the Giants, there is a reason why Mark Sanchez has not played in the NFL in a couple years. There's a reason why Mark Sanchez went from being a franchise hopeful quarterback for the Jets to being out of the league, and he was sitting on his couch just a couple weeks ago. So that tells you something right there because he went 6 of 14 for 38 yards and had two interceptions in the game yesterday against the Giants. And the Giants were without Odell Beckham to a bruised quad. And the Redskins still, still lost badly to a underperforming Giants team, 40-16. to And I don't know about you guys, but I cannot recall the last time I've seen a NFL team use four different quarterbacks in a season. Washington is going to do that next week, or I'm sorry, this coming Sunday when Washington travels to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Josh Johnson, who has not thrown an NFL pass before yesterday that did not play in a game since 2013 and did not throw an NFL pass since the 2011 season, it's going to be our starter. I've never I've never seen it before where a NFL team has used four different starting quarterbacks in a season. And there were also reports because a lot of people around the NFL, a lot of fans were getting mad because Washington didn't take a chance with Colin Kaepernick. And there's reports that Colin Kaepernick is willing to play with any team because everyone knows that Colin Kaepernick wants to get back in the NFL. And I read something yesterday saying that Colin Kaepernick would sign with Washington if he wanted to or if he had to. And quite frankly, if I was Washington, you were 6-3 and three at one point. You had a two-game lead in the division. Now you're 6-7. and seven. You lost four straight. You were 2-0 and oh in the division. Now you lost three straight in the division. Take a chance on Colin Kaepernick. Get rid of Mark Sanchez. Send him back home. Take a chance on Colin Kaepernick. If I'm Washington, 
you look at the the stats for Josh Johnson in yesterday's game. He was 11 of 16. He had 195 yards passing. He threw a touchdown. He threw an interception. He ran the ball seven times for 45 yards. He had a touchdown. Washington was getting blown out. They were down the the largest margin Washington was has ever been down at halftime at home was in yesterday's game. They were down only seven to nothing after the first quarter, and then the Giants exploded for twenty seven points, and they were down, and the Redskins were down thirty four to nothing at half. Fans were booing, and I can understand why. And, and here's the thing: I can now see why the Redskins fans do not go to the home games because Washington has not performed well at home this year at all. Ever since Josh Norman criticized the fans after the win against Tampa, Washington has lost. They they went zero and four in the game. It. <laughs> It amazes me what happens, the karma that comes back to bite you when something like this happens. And, and I, you know, honestly, I, I shouldn't really be upset at my football team because if anyone knows the injury bug that has played sports before, whether it be middle school level, high school level, or even some of you of my friends that have played at the collegiate level, knows that the injury bug can hit at any time. And that's what happened that this is what has happened to Washington the last 2 years. Washington has been hit with the injury bug. It seems like uh, m- most of the players on the roster go on the IR. I saw something leading up to the Giants game yesterday that over in the last 2 years Washington has put over 40 plus players on the IR. The injury bug has hit Washington big. And there's been a lot of criticism for Jay Gruden if he's going to be head coach of the Redskins next year. I honestly don't know what's going to happen with that situation because you look at, just like I said, the, the, the injury bug has hit Washington hard the last two years. Washington has... Washington has sent a lot of offensive talent on the IR. Two of our offensive line are on the IR. Trent Williams has basically not really been himself the last two years because of small slash major injuries. And we we lost one of our receivers we signed in the offseason, Paul Richardson who, by the way, wasn't really doing much to begin with. Josh Doxson hasn't really been who we thought he was going to be when we drafted him from TCU. Jordan Reed suffered a foot injury. It it honestly is not going to surprise me if Washington does not get rid of Jordan Reed, who's been injury, who, who really, if you can say, has been really injury prone since Washington took him in the draft. Now, when Jordan Reed is healthy, he can be an offensive weapon. He can he can he can make guys wide open, but that just really hasn't been the case this year. Washington has really the the injury bug has been beating Washington up pretty much since week one, and somehow Washington got out to a six six and three start. And I was, you know, to be honest, I was very surprised at that. And at the time, and I even said this months ago when I was making my predictions for the AFC and the NFC playoff picture for the NFL. I predicted that either Washington or Dallas was going to win the division. And it most likely seems like that Dallas is going to win the division after yesterday's you know, just beat down of the defending Super Bowl champion, the Eagles. And I got to say, too, the Eagles have been hit with a bunch of injuries as well on the defensive side. The Eagles have used 13 different backs in on the defense as far as corners, safeties, and whatnot. 13 different players have played for the Philadelphia Eagles on the defensive side. 
And anyone who knows the Eagles, they were more of the underdog team, underdog team last year. 13-3 and three last year. Won a Super Bowl title. And now after last night's overtime loss to Dallas, Philly's sitting at 6-7. and seven. There is a high chance. There is a high chance that Philly misses out on the playoffs. And Philly has the toughest, the toughest schedule out of anybody in the NFC East. You look at Dallas, Dallas has the easiest schedule in my eyes. Dallas plays the Colts, who in retrospective, if Washington has any chance of doing anything as far as winning the division, Washington needs Indy to beat Dallas this coming Sunday. I don't think it's going to happen. And it's funny because Indy, who got shut out by Jacksonville last week, six to none, beats was beating the hottest football team in football in Houston, 24-21 in Houston. So Deshaun Watson and company now sit at nine and four. But hey, you're still leading that AFC South, who a lot of people thought Jacksonville was going to run away with. And Jacksonville now, reports are saying that Jacksonville is going to move on from Blake Bortles after the season. Even after they gave Blake Bortles a contract extension. Which, I don't know if it, if any of you guys were like this, but it was definitely a, a, a head-scratching moment, to say the least, for, for when Jacksonville did that. Because I really did not see anything out of Blake Bortles. Really, if you look at it, their offense was really consistent around Leonard Fournette. And their defense is what carried them to the AFC Championship game last year against the New England Patriots. And now you look at where... And now you look at Jacksonville. They're 4-9. Jacksonville... Going to be one of those teams that made the playoffs last year. Did not is not making the playoffs this year. So it it really this this NFL season has really been a tricky tricky season to say the least. A bunch of teams you thought that were going to perform well didn't perform well. The Atlanta Falcons lost yesterday to Green Bay, thirty four to twenty. Atlanta fell to 4-9 on the season. With everything that has happened in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy getting fired after losing in a in a ugly loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Mike McCarthy got fired. Joe Philbin was named the interim head coach. Joe Philbin is now 1-0 as the interim head coach. Green Bay goes to 5-7-1 on the season. Aaron Rodgers said reportedly after the game that they're still in it to make a run at the playoffs. You're not in it, Green Bay. You might as well just look forward to next year because you're not in it. But it, th- this season has just been real, real, real crazy. I I did not expect a lot of the things to happen that did. Um, and it, it's really been crazy. I did, if anyone out there expected Chicago after. Last couple years, they they have been poorly. If you expected them to be where they're at after last night's performance at nine and four, with a first year head coach Matt Nagy, you might have been fooling yourself. I was fooling myself, but it seems like the Bears are the real deal, and the Bears can make a run. I believe in the playoffs because right now, as it stands. Who's going to really want that home field advantage? Because right now it's either up to New Orleans or the Rams. And after last night's performance, the Rams seem like they have some work to do in order to get that home field advantage for any hope at the the playoffs. Any hope for the playoffs of getting that home field advantage. Looking, going into week... 15, 
I, I really hope that... I, I just hope the best for, for these teams that are continuing their push in the playoffs. And I, I hope... I really do. I hope Washington can pull out a victory over Jacksonville. Because like I was mentioning a couple minutes ago, Philly has the toughest remaining schedule in the NFC East. They say in the NFL, but I'm going to say in the NFC East. They got the Los Angeles Rams, they got the Houston Texans, and they finish out against Washington. You look at Washington's schedule. Washington faces the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday, then the Tennessee Titans, and obviously the Philadelphia Eagles. You look at Dallas's remaining schedule. Dallas has the Colts this Sunday, then the Buccaneers, and then the Giants. I think the Giants are one of those teams that is trying to play spoiler alert, trying to send people home. Um, I really hope that that Dallas loses the rest of the way because Dallas can clinch. I don't know if anyone saw this or anyone was reading this. But Dallas can basically clinch the division with a win next week against Indy. I honestly think the way Dallas has been playing over the last month or so, Dallas is most likely going to clinch the NFC East. So looking at it for both Philly's perspective and Washington's perspective, you're basically now playing for a wild card spot. And it, it, it always seems to happen. Every year in the NFL. It always seems to happen for certain divisions. It comes down to really like the last week of the season to determine who's going to win a wild card spot. Because Washington is not mathematically eliminated yet from the playoffs. I think if Washington loses next week against Jacksonville, Washington is going to basically be mathematically eliminated. Washington, really the only chance I believe Washington has, my Washington Redskins have, of of making the playoffs, Washington has to finish 9-7. and seven. They have to basically win out. And even with the Eagles' injuries on defense, their offense is still, they got Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Golden Tate, Carson Wentz. Their offense is still loaded. Zach Ertz. So, really, the only realistic chance Washington has, and this is just me, the only chance really Washington has is winning out and going 9-7. and seven. Dallas, like I said, if Dallas wins next week, again, this coming Sunday against Indy, Dallas is going to win the division. And I, and I can't really recall, but I want to say that I did say months ago on an episode of my podcast that Dallas or Washington was going to be the division champs. I did also predict that Dallas and Washington was going to make the playoffs. So hopefully one of those come true from, from my predictions. I I really did not expect Chicago to to be where they're at as far as the 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 standings the amount of the amount of wins and losses that they that they've had this year and I think really the addition when Chicago went out and got Khalil Mack earlier this season I really think that was just a life spark of of hope for for Chicago. And Chicago's defense was good before that, but they got even better when they got Khalil Mack. And it's funny because Khalil, Khalil Mack was holding out in Oakland. And now you got Khalil Mack, who is the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. And behind him is Aaron Donald. And... And Chicago just, they might be the team in the NFC North for a couple years, for, for years to come. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Green Bay, but Green Bay just, they didn't, they didn't really have anything around Aaron Rodgers this year. 
Uh, Detroit, I don't know what to really say about Detroit. Detroit is Detroit. Matthew Stafford, I think, is is starting to show that he's been there for a long time. And Minnesota, I think, is going to be... I think the, the, the NFC North division is going to be between Chicago, Minnesota, and Green Bay for many years to come. I'm excluding Detroit. Unless I see something happen and Detroit just shocks me going forward in the future... I don't expect Detroit to compete for the NFC North division title anytime soon in the near future. But, but man, guys, this has just been a crazy NFL season. It really has. It's been a crazy NFL season. When Dallas went to go get Amari Cooper and traded away a first-round pick to get Amari, a lot of people said that was crazy. They would have given nothing more than a second, third, Possibly fourth round pick. But after yesterday's performance, Amari Cooper had 10 receptions, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. Amari Cooper, since joining Dallas, has over 600 yards receiving. Not even on, I don't think it's even been on 60 catches. And he has now, I believe, six touchdowns since joining Dallas. Amari Cooper gives Dallas what they were missing from Des Bryant, and that is an offensive weapon. Because you haven't really heard anything from Cole Beasley. Tavion Austin's been out most of the, the second half of the season with a groin injury. Michael Gallup, who no one really heard of, he has some speed. I will I will say that. I watched the game yesterday between Philly and Dallas. Michael Gallup has some speed. Oh, this NFL season, and I've been saying this, and I'm going to keep repeating it, it has been really crazy, but it's been fun to watch. It has really been fun to watch, and I can't wait to see how the last remaining three games go for each NFL team. It's going to be fun, so I hope all of you stay tuned. I hope all of you stay tuned for that, because it is going to be a fun fun experience going into the playoffs as January is coming. It is coming. But I want to thank you guys today for tuning into the Let's Talk Sports podcast. As always, I am your host, Carl Mailer. And as always, this is where we talk all things sports.